Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright. This is day two of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today's prayer mandate is a call to return to having a hunger for righteousness. The word of God says Jesus himself, when he walked the earth, uttered these words out of his very lips. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were walking through the wilderness and God provided that manna from heaven, which Jesus later in his lifetime confirmed was a representation of him himself being the bread of life, the bread from heaven, that daily bread that we seek, that daily manna that we reach for, that word, that revelation, that experience of the presence, the manifest presence of God that can come and reside with us daily. That is Jesus Christ. It says that God provided manna in the wilderness for each family according to his hunger. That means that we can have as much of God as we want if we are hungry for it, if we will seek it, if we will pursue his righteousness, we can have it. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall, not might, not maybe, not sorta, they shall be filled. If you get hungry for God, you're going to get more of God. If you are desperate to be in right standing with him, to be in alignment with his will for your life, with the destiny that he has planned for you, he is willing and able to bring you into it. But are you hungry for it? Do you want it? The word of God says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. There is power in being in right standing with God. But hold on, wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible says there is none righteous? No, not one. We got to talk about this for a minute before we get into prayer. Because as intercessors, we cannot truly intercede unless we understand righteousness. And I'll explain to you in a minute why. We're going to be praying in a mighty harvest of souls. But if we want our prayers to shake generations, nations, and the very foundations of heaven, then we need to understand what intercession really is and what is required for it to work effectively. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And it talks about Elijah. It says that Elijah was a man of like passions. In other words, Elijah was a normal human being just like us. He faced the same trials and temptations, but yet he prayed fervently and his prayers shut up the heavens and stopped the rains. And his prayers also caused the rains to return. So as we're praying in these latter days for that mighty outpouring, for that sound of an abundance of rain, we have to understand what was it that made Elijah's prayer so effective. And it's listed right there in the scripture. One, he prayed fervently. And two, he was a righteous man. How do we walk? in righteousness. The word righteous literally means to be in right standing with God. That means to be humble, submitted, committed, having your will and your life laid down for the sake of the call and be obedient 
obedient to the voice of the Lord God Almighty. Not to do what we think is right, but to do what he says is right. Not to say what we think ought to be said, but to say what he says needs to be said. Not to be who we think we ought to be, but to be who he says he needs us to be in the time and in the season that he has placed us. And no, we have no righteousness in and of ourselves. Apart from Christ, the word says that our own righteousness is as a filthy rags. Paul talked about those who had a zeal for the Lord, but not according to knowledge. Therefore, they went about trying to make their own righteousness, but it was not the righteousness of God. We cannot do things of our own leading, of our own knowledge, of our own talent, of our own skill, of our own intellect, and think that it will have any impact on eternity. The devil's not scared of our talents, of our skills. He's not scared of our plans, our plots, our agendas, and our ideas. What he's scared of is our submission to God's will. What he's scared of is our prayers. What he's scared of is our obedience. What he's scared of is a man or a woman who is in right standing with God. Because God's plan is better. Because God's wisdom is greater. Because God's power is stronger. Because God's righteousness is right. The word also says that Jesus came and became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. It is through Jesus's atoning blood that we can even come before the throne of God boldly and make our petitions and let them be known and hear from him directly and be filled with the Holy Spirit and have that communication and connection. The truth is we can't even hear from God to get into alignment with his will, to get into right standing without the atoning blood of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to speak those things to our heart. We need Jesus's blood. We need his atoning sacrifice. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit of a living God. But once we have those things, we can submit ourselves to it and walk in righteousness, not in our own righteousness, in God's righteousness, not in what we think is right, in what he says is right. It's obedience. You see, God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a path and he has a destination. But it's his story. And if you want to be a part of history, then you have to get into alignment with his place for you in his story, which means that you have to give up your story because it's all about him. Oh God, make us hunger and thirst to be in right standing with you. And you see, the reason that this is so important to what we're doing right now is because biblically only the righteous were qualified to be intercessors because the word intercessor literally means the one who stands between. Did you know that a true intercessor is not just someone who prays for somebody else? An intercessor, according to biblical criteria, is someone who stands between a person or a place and judgment because God is just. He is required to obey his own laws. When he says he must judge sin, then judgment comes, but he doesn't want to do it. He always loves. He delights in mercy. So he looks for the intercessor who will stand in the gap, Jesus being our example, and will be willing to pray and to intercede and to speak out on their behalf and to pray for mercy and to cry for one more chance. It is so important that a person be in right standing with God before they move into the realm of intercession 
it is literally part of the armor of God. When we talk about the full armor of God that you need to be able to just stand in the day of battle, the breastplate, the largest part of the armor that guards your vital organs, that guards your heart, it is a breastplate of righteousness. And if you are not wearing that breastplate, the enemy will take you out. We have to commit to submit to the righteousness of God, that our actions are not done of our own leading or of our own logic, but that they are done in accordance with God's will and his word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. It says in the Old Testament that he looked for one who would stand in the gap and make up a hedge and pray and intercede and cry out for the land, but he found no one, so he had to destroy it. He did not want to enact judgment, but he had to be obedient to the laws and the words that he had already set in motion from the beginning. He was looking for someone who was willing to live selflessly, humbly, and obediently before him, that that person would be qualified to stand in the gap and to cry out for mercy so that God could release the mercy that he delights in giving, that he wanted to give, but that he was not able to give because no one stood in the gap. So today, Lord, we pray that you raise up intercessors. God, we pray that you raise up righteous men and women, men and women who hunger and thirst after righteousness. God, we ask that you raise up a hunger in the people. God, raise up a generation that will hunger and thirst after you. Raise up the Elijahs, the Jeremiahs. Raise them up, Lord. Raise up the saints of old that are sitting at home, Lord, and let them know that they have a place and a purpose and a power Lord, that you have called them for such a time as this to lay down their selves and to lift up a cry, to raise up a voice, to raise up a prayer, to call out for mercy, to call out for repentance, to call out for truth. God, we are coming to you now and we are bearing our soul and we are asking you individually, Lord, and corporately. Give us a thirst and a hunger. God, we worship you and we praise you and we thank your holy name, God above all, that you were willing to come and to give all that we might become the righteousness, that you were willing to be hung on a cross, that you were willing to bear our sin, that we might take on your righteousness, that you took our place, that we might be willing to take yours to continue the gospel and the work of your ministry in this earth. God, raise up a cry in the people and a hunger for truth, a hunger to know what you say. How can they do what you say is right if they don't even know, Lord, There's too many people living Facebook meme Christianity, Lord, and they're living their lives over things that they heard someone say or that they saw on social media, but it doesn't line up with the word of God. So God, if we're going to cry for an uprising of righteousness in this land, then it's going to have to come through a revelation of the word, of the importance of your holy scripture to come into alignment with what you said, because it's not about what we feel is right. It's not about what we want to be right. It's not about what we 
think is right. It's about what you say is right. So we humble ourselves, God, and we come into submission and subjection with that. Lord, and we pray that you move forth across this land with a mandate and a decree and a cry that will bring that revelation out. God, we call for the spirit of truth. The word says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and that it will lead us into all truth. Lord, so I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you draw people in to that intimate place of worship and learning and sitting down and being willing to be taught and directed by you. We have to seek your face, Lord. Lord, even Paul, when you first called him, he said he sat for three years and was willing to be taught directly by you. Lord, give the people a hunger to sit with the word of God and let the Holy Spirit bring them into all truth and to break off the lies that the enemy has planted, to break off the confusion that society has planted. God, we're praying for a revelation of righteousness for a return to holiness. God, for a people that's willing to be set apart and to break from the status quo, to see the glory of God revealed in this earth once again. God, there is nothing different about Elijah than there is about any one of us, only that he was willing to submit and to be obedient and to stand where you told him to stand and to do what you told him to do, to be in right standing with you, to believe by faith that what you say is right doesn't matter what it feels like doesn't matter what it looks like doesn't matter what it sounds like if you said it we believe it and we are gonna walk in it Lord and then signs and wonders will follow because we have believed thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast for more podcasts sermon videos daily devotions great new worship music and more Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.